the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site, covering, of course, your Arizona Cardinals. With me is my host, my co-host, Seth Cox, from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, SB Nation's Arizona Cardinals site, and also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. Seth, we're in episode 472, and sadly, this was kind of a worst-case scenario was it coming off the cardinals losing to the Bengals, 34 to 20 we kind of knew that the Bengals were going to come around at some point i think you might have put it out in the universe and i i think we can blame you for it i think yeah i mean that sounds about right i mean <laughs> it was just one of those situations we knew what they were who they are as a team um what they could do and then it just you know got there and it became untenable and obviously it went from bad to worse today as we'll get into and and things of that nature but you know for the most part it's unfortunate because you just didn't want to be the team that teams go to to get right Right. <laughs> right, and it's kind of happened twice. Like it happened to the Giants. Only they, that, that the only right part of their season was that second half, and, and then the Bengals got right. But yeah, it, it, what we're going to talk about in this edition of the Show Four Seventy Two, we're going to break down kind of the bad and the loss. We're going to talk about if there were any positives at all. Whether we need to reset expectations and kind of talk about some of the injury impact because they, the injuries keep coming, they just keep coming. The Cardinals can't avoid it. Um, but yeah, 34 to 20 is the loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, uh, not on the injury report last week. Apparently the calf was better because he looked like stud Joe Burrow threw for over 300 yards, three touchdown passes. Jamar Chase absolutely lit up the Cardinals secondary 15 catches for 192 yards. The 15 catches is a franchise record. It is the third highest yardage total he has had in his career in a, in a game and matched his career high in touchdown receptions in a game i geez over the last remember when we talked about how the defense was looking good um i don't know what to say anymore because they're having a hard time stopping anyone they had a hard time in the second half they didn't stop the giants in the second half of week two Honestly, the red zone, they didn't stop individual players in week three. Okay, they didn't stop Tony Pollard. They did kind of limit the receivers for Dallas. But against San Francisco, no dice. They they couldn't stop Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. And, and while Joe Mixon didn't go off, it was Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase was the story of, of Sunday. And, and they just haven't wanted, I guess the worst thing is that they're not able to take away they're not limiting their opponent's best players. No, and it's, you know, a problem. And like you said, like the week before, Brandon Ayuk, you know, was 150 yards-ish. Yeah, six for 148. He didn't score, but that's because Christian McCaffrey scored all the touchdowns, four of them. Yeah, and then this week it was, you know, the opposite. And, and Jamar Chase had... 200 catches for 400 yards or whatever it was and the three touchdowns and and it's just becoming clear that 
the best players on the other team ha- have their way with the Cardinals, and, and it's something we've talked about. I mean, the reality always was that this is a, a less than talented team, or, or talent, you know, the, a talent um, a light team, and and it's coming to fruition against all pro type players. And and you know, Brandon Ayuk is on the cusp of being one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, Christian McCaffrey's been the best running back in the NFL since he was traded to San Francisco. And, and Jamar Chase has already, you know, staked his claim to being one of the best receivers in the NFL. And so all of those things are not surprising. Like you said, it's a bit more disappointing than anything else that you know what's coming, but you have no ability to stop it whatsoever. But we saw the same thing with the Rams, right? Like the Rams went out and gave up 12 141 to chase um he's a great player i mean there's a reason he was uh, all pros a rookie reason he won rookie of the year and he's been a pro bowler both of his seasons he's played and you know it's if you're gonna pick a guy fifth overall as a receiver you better get that type of performance out of him yeah it, and, and absolutely they've, they've done exactly that other disappointing parts in that game i think I, I think it starts, for me, was the slow start. Because they, they had kind of, one of the things that they were done so successfully over the first three weeks of the season was their ability to get out quickly. They started effectively, and they weren't playing from behind for the most part, which I think has been the key to Joshua Dobbs' success. Um, Dobbs looked like Colt McCoy did the the two years that he was playing from behind. It, it it was it this is where you saw he is a backup caliber quarterback and if things are going well he's able to lead and kind of and you know go from there if you need him to rally you that's disappointing so first and foremost two three and outs to be at you know go three and out twice and to spot him 10 points when they get 10 points the Bengals do to the Cardinals six plays and I know they bounced back but the Cardinals, like the, what they did the first three games is that they have to do every single week. They've got to come out quickly offensively. They've got to put points on the board in the first couple of drives so that they're not down two scores. Right now it's becoming very apparent that the defense has now become the weak spot. Not necessarily because of anything other than they keep taking hits injury-wise. They keep missing, you know, they keep losing their best players they lost their they they were down their three best defensive linemen they were down their top safety they were down the second half their second best safety it just you know over and over again you can't on a on a defense that was paper thin talent wise you keep losing talent and that's bound to happen but number one they can't especially against a team like the Bengals that came in struggling so badly you can't spot them points no, and you look at the other things. I mean, there's there's other things that you can look into here, and, and you know the the three and outs bad, and then you have a good punt defended okay, and you get a an additional five yards at the end. So, you know, instead of them being at the thirty, they're at the thirty six, and, and and you know maybe it doesn't make a difference, but it did in this game um you know then you look at the other situations and you you see okay well this team didn't force this the Bengals to really make any plays in third down situations and and you know the first drive 
was a uh, 11 play scoring drive. They had one third down and that was the one they scored on. Um, that's just unacceptable. I mean, that's just, and then, like you said, you come out and Dobbs misses Brown and then they almost cliff Kingsbury, like throw a, a one yard pass on a, on a third and eight. Right. And you're like, what are we, what are you to Rondell Moore? And you're like, what is going on? But then what happened the very next play? you punt and they get a 28 yard return and you're just like, what is happening? And then, you know, they, they do tighten up defensively on the second drive after it looked like they were going to be down 14. Yeah. They get the big sack by Kevin strong. And and that, that was a nice, you know, answer. But like you said, that still got him down 10 and then, you know, they make some plays they hit some things, but for the most part, it was it was almost academic. I mean, I know that they took a uh, took a brief what fourteen to fourteen to ten, 10 lead. lead. Then you're like, okay, okay, but then no, the defense. It was, uh, yeah, the defense was just unable to do anything. Think, yeah, they, and again, I mean, you look at it, and you know, Blake Gilligan. I don't know if he's just not a good punter or what, but I mean, you look at his punts, 62 yards and it's returned for 21 yards. Um, you know, like I said earlier, he has a 48 yard punt that's returned for 28 yards. It's like, is he out kicking his coverage? Is the coverage just not good because you know, they're, they lack so much talent. Like, and then you get the stop at the one you feel like, okay, this is, you know, this is, Oh, geez. You thought you're like, all right, turning point, next play, pick six. Yeah. What? Just, uh, that was just... that was the backbreaker because, you know, they get the fourth down stuff. You're like, yes, this is like the Dallas game. Pick six. And then this is where the Dobbs, Dobbs kind of unraveled from there um, because he got picked I off. Mean, he got picked he, off again. He almost was picked off two other times. Right. And Well, and think about it. He threw two touchdowns before with you know over eight minutes left in the second quarter and then he just completely imploded and like you said defensively it was similar to that as well you know they get the they get the pick six they take the lead 17 14 uh, you've got a chance again and you just you can't do anything um well and that that's where the, they they come out right after halftime and that that they give up 63 a 63 yard bomb yeah and that that at that point they were done they really were they were done at that point. yeah and and they cut it to 24 20 but you look at that drive you know demarcado five yards trey mcbride four yards uh josh dobbs a two-yard run rondell moore a five-yard run amari demarcado uh you know a one-yard run and then they have the singular like nice play for 19 yards to to more but for the most part it was just run the ball yeah and then you put the game in i mean and the real backbreaker was i thought i mean they got it to 24 20 they got a stop um with the Kayvon wallace interception on on you know maybe a penalty maybe not a penalty who knows um you get a 41 yard run you know you're at the the cincy 25 and you you can't get a first down oh, you, that was... you go for it 
you run a play like you have Kyler Murray and not Josh Dobbs as your quarterback. And and I understand and, and, I understand what Gannon said about about that. Well, and that and here's here's the thing. You know, it was basically like three th- the pick six, the missed extra point, okay? The missed extra point made them go for it on fourth down, right? Right. They don't miss that extra point. They kick a field goal and the game is tied and then, you know, who knows what happens from there. But they miss the extra point, so they're down four. And so they feel they have to go for it with James Conner hurt. And with it being like a yard and a half, that's why they didn't do the QB sneak thing. Um, at least, you know, the, the run up the middle. They didn't trust their, their other running backs to, to kind of do that. And so they went with, that was a weird run play to do. It was well defended. It was a well-defended play, but you feel like there could have been like any 5,000 more different plays rather than that one that would have worked. But basically, you miss that extra point, and that lost point leads to three lost points um, where the game would then be tied. You'd be 24-24, and then, you know, who go, who knows what happens after that. But basically, that fourth down, the pick six and the, and that fourth down stuff, that was it. The the Cardinals were toast. Yeah, and they just I mean, they just didn't have the horses and and like you said, at the end of the day, there's a lot to lament about this game, a lot of missed opportunities to lament about this game, but the reality becomes there was a lot of opportunities that they just never took advantage of and and you know, this is a team that lacks talent where if where they can't afford to miss those opportunities. And and that's what kind of came to fruition in this game. Coming up next on the Rise Up Seared podcast, the best of Cardinals talk of the web. Was there anything positive that came from this game? That's coming next on Rise Up Seared. We're back on the Rise Up Seared podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. We didn't even mention how bad Marco Wilson was, but we're just going to skip on from that. See if there was anything, anything we could take away from that game that was positive. And the positive was... (laughs) <laughs> the positive was kind of the bounce back, but then that was squashed by the James Conner injury. And then and then it was just individual performances because Dante Stills, he played really well. Um he shouldn't be playing as much as he's been playing, but to see to see him not only play but produce as a rookie, um as a six round rookie at that. That was a nice positive when they've got a defensive line that, that just keeps taking hits injury-wise. Yeah, and, and you know, Stills is a guy that you look at and you think that maybe there is going to be some building around or, or he can be a, a maybe not a build-around, but a guy that can uh, contribute strongly. Um, you know, Kevin Strong didn't look bad i mean again these are guys you probably don't want in the 40 snap range <laughs> right but but you don't have a lot of options right now um you know so you have those two and then zaven got another sack which is good to see i mean and that was a that was a legitimate nice move sack from him so that was that was good to see for zaven in that situation and then from there it is a lot of a lot of questions um you know gardeck didn't do a great job pass rushing this week which you know he's not going to be a game wrecker every week he's not 
as good as he has been, that's not who he is as a well, player. And, and if and it, you know that spin move has been on tape a few times, I'm sure tackles are now used to it, and so right. they're preparing for they're, it. They're right. preparing for if he sets up outside to then pivot and spin inside. They're they're going to make him try and make him try to beat them outside. And then you look at it, you know the the other good in this game came from a lot of different things i i would i would say i mean i know getting beat by two touchdowns it's it's hard to find the good but there there was i thought paris johnson again continues to play well he and will hernandez are really showing to be a solid right side tandem um you know and that's and that's an important thing whether it's this season or moving forward right those are those are things to build on um you know, I thought it was good to see Michael Wilson make a great catch late in the game without being targeted for that. I don't know if that's game script. I don't know if that was on Josh, what it was on. But, you know, that was, I think, I mean, and I think you would agree, kind of unacceptable to have a guy that had been playing so well to come in and and only get, you know, and two targets. and That is tough. I always find that, you know, receiver targets is a tough thing, especially when you've got a guy like Hollywood. And you could tell. And I think... And I think especially when, when they knew that Chidobi Awuzie got hurt, that I think the plan was we're going to attack with Hollywood because that seemed to be kind of the focus early in the game. And, and I'm taking that as a positive is that yeah, Hollywood keeps looking really good. Now, he had that terrible drop at, in garbage time, but... You know, that, you know if, if anyone who's, who's not followed Hollywood... If you talk to anyone around the NFC North, nobody believes in Hollywood as a number one because of drops like that. But, you know, he's showing again the reliability that he he can cook. He's been cooking right now, and and we'll see what happens moving forward. But that was definitely a positive. And him getting in, in so, a sort of groove before Kyler gets back, I don't know if there's a better way to help Kyler back into the offense than to have, and have Hollywood cooking like he is right now. Yeah, and, and, and you look at it, and that was a positive. I thought Rondell's usage was a positive, you know, something that we've talked about that they need to find a way to in, integrate him into the offense, um, whether it's running the ball, catching the ball. He, I mean, he needs to be a, a you know total yards type of guy, and, and I know people will say, well, he only had three catches for 26 yards, and, you know, we, we made fun of the one-yard catch, but for the most part, if he's averaging around 70, you know, 60 to 70 yards a game from scrimmage, he's, he's having a positive impact on the game. Um, you know, I thought you have to commend Amari DiMercato, you know, for a guy that doesn't get a ton of playing time to have to go in and get the James Conner reps, and, scores his first touchdown. And surge, because it wasn't like it, his touches have been, you know, two yards, two yards, two yards. But then on that drive, it went 8, 9, 11 for the touchdown. And and so you saw him starting to kind of expand things. And, and we're going to talk about the fact that James Conner is going to be out for a while. So we're going to be leaning on Keontae Ingram and Amari DeMarcado here for the next few weeks. We, we need, like, these young guys need to do something because it's not like we can count on. Like, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to count on Tony Jones with a career 2.8 yards per carry average or Damian Williams, who's 31 years old. And so right. uh, the, I, it'll be good to see them 
and, and, and I'm really anxious. I'm not anxious. I'm excited. I'm hopeful to see what Keontae brings to the starting lineup. Yeah, I hope that he can just stay healthy. That's my biggest thing with him because uh, it's been a bugaboo for him since he was in, you know, at Texas. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there were positives to take from the game, and it's not just us searching. I mean, before Connor went out, he was, again, looking really dynamic, and that's that's more the unfortunate thing. I mean, you're talking about a guy that had 46 yards on six carries, oh, and you're like, you're like, oh, man, this guy's going to. He ripped off a 35-yarder, and then you're like, nope, you're done. Yeah. So, so, but you know, those are the positives and and obviously there's a lot of negatives that we can discuss, <laughs> but I don't know if we want to go too down the rabbit hole of neg- negativity think, think, at this I point. Think, I think we've talked enough about this. So, so coming up next on the Res of Seward podcast, Sylvester Cardinals talk on the web. Do we need to reset what we were thinking about the Cardinals? That's coming up next on Res of Seward. We're back on the Rise Up Seagrid podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. It seems just a couple of weeks ago, we were resetting expectations for the Cardinals. So, so instead of saying, hey, this is, this is a, a good, bad team um, defensively. And we kind of felt like, okay, they beat Dallas. They were kind of competitive against San Francisco. But then they got completely overmatched by, by the Bengals. Do we need to look at what kind of what we're expecting the Cardinals to be again? Or is this simply just a case that they're, when they face elite talent, they're just going to be overmatched, which now uh, with the Rams coming up with Cooper cup healthy, you're like, Oh crap. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we'll talk about it on, on Thursday, but I I was going to mention right now on DraftKings, um, they have a weekly special prop bet already where, they have uh, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup combining for over 185 yards at plus 200 money. They did it last weekend. I would. Uh, I <laughs> they would did run it last week. I, I would run to that bet if I was. Yeah. They, 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 they did that last weekend because because Cup had 118 and Nakua still had 71, seven for 71 and a score. So yeah, it, that that one would have hit. But you look at it, I mean, I think the reality is more, and and something we're going to get to, but I think the reality just comes in that, yes, they're not a very talented team, but the talent that they had is now starting to get injured. Yeah. You know, know, we talked about the offensive line. Obviously, that was a big piece of it, right? Um, But then you you look at some of the other things or sorry, the defensive line, the defensive line. And that was a, obviously a big part of it. But now you're starting to see like key pieces go down. Um, you're down. Hopefully Ledbetter's back, but who knows what, what's happening there. You're already down Carlos Watkins, LJ Collier. Um, so that's, Baker. Yeah, that's your top three. I mean, because it's your best, your best three defensive linemen, period. Yeah, because Lucky Fotu was always a run stopper. That's what he was there for. You know, you look at it. Now you're down James Conner. Um, obviously, Zach Ertz is still trying to come back from that that ACL injury, and, and he's just not himself yet, which is not unexpected, whether it's the ACL or being 33, right? Like, I mean, those are both realistic things. Yeah. Um, and then you look at some other things, right? And uh, obviously, the Buda Baker situation hurts. But now Jalen Call or Jalen Thompson went out. He only played thirty-five snaps in the game, and he's 
you know. He's an every he was, snap guy. He's an every yeah. he's an every snap guy. And so now you're playing guys like uh Well with this, what it ended up with what they were playing is cuz they had rather than the three safety situation they were playing Wallace and and Sachere at safety but then they had to move Antonio Hamilton into the slot when he had yep. prepared for that role. He no, was playing I, he was playing boundary instead of Keytrell Clark and Keytrell ended up having to play in the second half but that's just you know <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, and so it's just, you know, those are little things that happen. Um, you know, whether it's Kayvon Wallace, who's, you know, done yeoman's work trying to fill in for Buda Baker, and, and you know, he's Kayvon Wallace, he's not Buda Baker, or if it's Andre Trashier, who's, you know, taking up more playing time because Jalen Thompson um, is having to play in the slot. You know, all of these things factor in, and now all of a sudden, you, you know, Thompson's gone as well, and it just... Yeah, it just becomes an an issue um, of talent. And so, yeah, when you face the teams that are talented, like, you know, whether the record shows it or not, we talked about it, Cincinnati is one of the most talented offenses yeah. in the NFL. And and that's really what overwhelmed the Cardinals more than anything. I mean, yeah, t 380 to 294 yards, but the Cardinals did a nice job of keeping pace, especially running the ball 152 yards rushing, but something we know for a fact and, and that they'll never overcome, you cannot have three um, Josh Dobbs turnovers. No. And, no. and you just can't have that if you're going to compete. And, and realistically, you know, this was unfortunately the game where you saw, like you said, the warts that are Josh Dobbs or why, you know, even so like guys, if you thought if you thought that we're going to bench Kyler Murray when he comes back for Josh Dobbs, please stop, please stop. Well, and, and <laughs> you see, and this is, and you see why. I mean, you know, you I, I saw you yesterday or the day before talking about the Brock Purdy situation. It's like the Cardinals are nowhere near that in terms of on field talent to even discuss whether or not that would be something that that the Cardinals could accomplish with, uh, with Purdy, but also it, it's also something that they can't do with like a Josh Dobbs. So like Jess, you know, kind of said earlier when you're saying, Hey, Josh Dobbs, go win us a football game. Those are the results you're going to get. Like, it's just, it, it is the results you're going to get. And yeah, you know, we've seen th that in two games. I mean, we saw that in New York or against New York. And now we've seen that against, against Cincy and it's just not, what he does or who he is as a player. And it's, you know, it's not a shot at Josh Dobbs. It's just the reality of who he is. Coming up next on the Recipes Here podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Let's break down the injury situation. We talked about a little bit, but let's talk more about that. What's coming next. That's coming next on Rise of Red. We're back on the Rise of Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. Oh, the injuries, the injuries. Buda Baker's going to miss one more game. It sounds like that he is, he's on pace to to return next week that's that's kind of the hope but now Jalen Thompson goes down James Conner it's official we're recording on a Tuesday afternoon but James Conner placed on injured reserve that means he's going to be out the next four games he will miss at least with that knee injury at least he's going to miss the the Rams the Seahawks um the Rams Seahawks Ravens and Browns um those four games um all games uh, those aren't big games at all <laughs> Um, but those are also games we're having Connor 
was going to be really, really needed. Here's what I'll say. And I mean, obviously the, the loss of Connor is probably second to Kyler Murray in terms of yeah, offensively, how absolutely how absolutely. important they are to the offense. But this is what I'll say. And I'm trying to keep positive on this. Um, I think it's going to be cool to see how good this this coaching up of the run game is going to look like because I do think that it's going to give them an opportunity to show um, how diverse and dynamic that they can be in this situation. And, and you know, if that happens, that's a positive. Um, you know, and, and if they have success any type of success that's a massive massive thing because you just like like you kind of just intimated and in, in the reality we're truly not expecting anything from this running game now uh we're hopeful that Keontae ingram mre de mercado can can be guys that are that have success but the reality uh, is it's gonna be not- so th- they might go from a dynamic run game to passable because that's that's a different we saw it in the preseason when connor wasn't playing connor adds something he adds like he's not one of the elite backs in the league but he's a an above average back who does some really good things um in terms of intensity and there was something missing when he wasn't in the preseason and was the rest of the preseason but beyond beyond between Keontae and Corey clement and and amari di mercado they're going to need one of them to have some they need to bust a couple of uh, big ones rather than just be because Connor, he does like, he'll have a few short ones. They're, they're more like two yard runs with guys like Ingram and DeMarcado. You're looking at one, losses, no gain yeah. yard losses, but you have to counter those with, with big runs, with explosives. And, Maybe we'll and maybe with Dermarcada getting the the reps that he did, maybe he can start showing that. But night and, and and Ingram has some has some skill that we like, but he hasn't been consistent with it, and he hasn't been he also hasn't been able to stay healthy. So who do you think? So I I I think we can safely say that at least for this week, assuming Ingram is is able to practice a a, a normal amount, that we're going to see the bulk of this is going to be Ingram and Dermarcado with. Williams, maybe, and then Tony Jones. I don't know. Like claiming Tony Jones, Tony that does nothing for me. Like I remember, honestly, I remember him coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, I probably like, we've talked about on the draft, especially because the Notre Dame guy. But what he's done in his career, that there's like that's just like getting any running back. I'm not excited about that at all. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. He's he truly is kind of a jack player, and and. When you're talking about replacing, you know, like we said, the the second most important piece of an offense with a a player that's been truly just a guy thus far in his career, uh, it's asking a lot, and it's it's un, it's also unfair to expect it, right? Like unfair to expect it to be more than what it is. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, for now, I mean, this is this is obviously not ideal. Hopefully, this is the Keontae Ingram coming out party i mean he is from a talent standpoint the guy 
that it should be, but I mean, he's got to do it at some point. He's got to do it on the field and, and stay healthy and, and play well. And, and just, he's, he's never done all of those things. And I think we're going to get Dennis Daly back this week. I don't know what that does to the starting, but it gives you a little more depth. It, as bad as, I mean, I was against, and I still am to an extent because of how well the run game is working. But Elijah Wilkinson's been really bad. Um, I don't know if he's having a negative net impact on the play of DJ Humphreys, but it, it like that left side has been really bad, which is interesting. The juxtaposition to how um, a slightly above average the right side's been. Yeah, uh, Garrett Williams. I think we might see him. I don't know what type of Des- role. desperately needed. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know if what we'll see in terms of playing time, but. And if, but if Jalen Thompson's out, they need the bodies because Hamilton's going to be playing in the slot. And um, they need some somebody with some talent. Like, yeah. I mean, that's that's just a reality of it. Like, that's not to say that these all NFL players are talented, but we're talking about, you know, the variance of elite football talent in the world. And, and the reality is the Cardinals' worst position group is the is their secondary. Um as stands and so they'll they de- i mean like we said when joey blount is getting snaps on defense and yeah i was just five but when he's getting snaps on defense it's not oh, a net positive for this no, it's team not uh, hopefully hopefully that the jalen thompson injury is minor maybe he can play this week it's, if jalen thompson's playing you feel better about- well and let me let me ask you this like wouldn't you better is probably a strong word but wouldn't you be more excited if it was something in the vein of, uh, you know, Jalen Thompson, Kayvon Wallace, Keytrail Clark, I, I know Marco Wilson hasn't played well. Marco Wilson, and then, and then Garrett Williams out there. Like you, yeah. all of a sudden, you're like, you're like, oh, okay, this is at least intriguing. Let's see what they can do. It's not necessarily gonna. Again, it's not. We're not saying this is a net positive gain, but, but I you're also not losing ground. Right. I, I was going to say, I also don't think you can potentially like possibly get worse than what we have seen. <laughs> right. Right. I think you look at it, Brock Purdy, you know, one incompletion, Brandon Ayuk, 148 yards, Joey Burrow, 317 yards, 192 yards to Jamar Chase, 15 catches, three times. Yeah. I don't know if you can lay it. And, and you're coming up, you're going to be on the road against Matthew Stafford, who's, you know, Skip feels like he's going to throw for 500 yards and seven touchdowns between Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, um, we'll, we'll obviously preview this game. On, on <laughs> like, I, I'm not, Thursday, I'm not, I, I'm not optimistic about this game at all. I got well, a question no, I, though. I got a question though. Do you think that this is the week that quietly the Cardinals um, designate Kyler to return? I was thinking next week. So after this game. Uh, so that would give them in the, I just want to make sure I have my dates right. So Los Angeles, and then they, he has three weeks. So Seattle, Baltimore, Cleveland, come back versus Atlanta at home, uh, week 10. That's a, you know, that's a 11 month from the injury, um, 10 months from the surgery. I think that would be kind of ideal because then you look at that stretch while the names are okay, Atlanta's not great. Houston's obviously not great. You get LA at home, and then that at Pittsburgh game is probably 
the the most difficult in, in terms of defenses you're going to face, and then you get the bye week. So it's like that's a nice little four game stretch. Like you said, if if James Connor's healthy, I think it's a little bit different. I truly do. But with him, you know, obviously not healthy, you're just kind of like, no, nah, I, I I don't necessarily know if we need to push that or right. push that envelope at that time. Okay. With that, let's wrap up this edition of the Rise of Syria podcast. Best of Cardinals talk on that. We, we will be back on a show. You'll hear it on Friday, unless you download it later. But we'll record on Tuesday. The, the, the episode will drop Friday of our preview picks and prop bets show about the Rams game. Uh, I'm working on getting a Rams guest. We'll hope hopefully that'll pan out. But that's Seth Cox. I'm Jess Root. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again in a couple days. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise Up Red Sea, Be Red Sea Red, and of course, Rise Up Sea Red.